Hello and welcome to this second episode in the Lent series Witnesses on the First Lutheran Podcast. My name is Jody Hoyt and I'm the Communications Director at First Lutheran. Today, Pastor Catherine Olson and seminarian and youth minister Elias Johnson Youngquist will discuss this week's topic, The Healed. Welcome to both of you. Hey. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the verse for uh, today is Matthew 8. 1 through 17, uh, reading in the NIV here. So, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. So I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and he bore our diseases. When Jesus... Oh, that's the end. That's the end. That's the end. I want to keep reading. <laughs> this is the gospel of this the Lord. This is the gospel of the <laughs> Lord. Oh, well, this is the first podcast that we're recording for our Lenten series, Witnesses. And Jody and Elias and I kind of entered the room today and we looked at each other and said, who's in charge here? <laughs> and, and then we all kind of simultaneously said, not me. Um, but I think what's interesting about these healing stories is they really kind of get at the question, who's in charge here? Um, because they not only underscore the ability that Jesus has to heal, but they also underscore his authority. Um, the Gospel of Matthew so far has kind of been building up Jesus's credibility as a religious teacher. But now with these healings, he's also building up credibility as having, um, you know, he's not here to just deal with the minds of humans um, or the morals of humans, but even their bodies. And so now we're seeing the manifestation of Jesus's power, not only in someone's mind, but also in bodies. So here we go. Um, (laughs) We have essentially three stories in this one little passage. And so the first one in Matthew 8, 1 through 4, that really deals with Jesus's interaction with a man who had leprosy. So, 
Yeah. And so uh, whenever they say leprosy in the Bible, I've, I've heard this a couple of times, but does it mean, is it always necessarily uh, uh, skin disease, which is like rot? Or is it, I feel mm. like it was kind of used for just anything in general I in think, terms of skin disease. I think anything in general yeah. in terms of skin disease. I think it could be, you know, your imagination can kind of run wild with right. some of the things that they have. Um, just yesterday, um, I was browsing with my friend uh, through channels on cable. And apparently <laughs> TLC has now become the channel where all the weird stuff regarding <laughs> bodies is now shown. So like it was this foot doctor. She was like, oh, no, do not turn it to that channel if you don't want to be totally grossed oh, out. Yeah. Followed by Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. So somehow this popular channel on cable has now become the skin disease channel. That's it was just Fun. my strained addiction and downhill from Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know what kind of spiritual insight that offers, but it, is, um, <laughs> it, it was definitely quite a, con- you know, it was a big concern, obviously, for people of the day because it was something that outwardly signified illness and sickness. And it was something, you know, that if you had one of these skin diseases, it not only brought you great pain and suffering, but it fully isolated you from the community. Right. And so like the the law was if you had this skin disease, you had to pull yourself out of society or society collectively kicked you out, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. Um, which I suppose then kind of led to everybody believing that if you got that skin disease, you must have not followed the law in some way. Yeah. Because you got it somehow, and you must have been in contact with those people who were supposed to kick out and were mm-hmm. supposed to follow the rules that way. Yeah, definitely. Leprosy was often viewed viewed by people as a spiritual punishment of some mm-hmm. kind. Like, you must have done something wrong. It's some inherent flaw within you that, that caused this to happen to you. Um, I wish that mentality could separate itself from medical conditions today but there is still a lot of that going on i was thinking Mm -hmm. the same thing that that still exists a lot today you know i mean we judge so quickly by outward appearances Mm -hmm. um, and not just disease of course but just looks in general and i think that that's unfortunately something that is still very relevant today yeah i think the the first time that we you know point that idea of like associating sin with disease sounds very foreign to us until we start to go uh, and think about all of the different things that we hear articles about, like does or does not cause cancer. Mm-hmm. Like this right. week, can't coffee ca- causes cancer. Right. Next week, maybe it'll be <laughs> crayons yeah. or who knows, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and what happens is whenever we hear about somebody getting sick, we immediately run through the checklist mm-hmm. in our minds and maybe even out loud of, well, did you, did you, were you using hand sanitizer? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you, uh, uh, you know, eating healthy and, mm-hmm. and living a healthy lifestyle. And we still put that back under the right. law. Jody and I just had the flu. We did. Um, you know, and I did get a flu shot, but I also got a lot of questions about whether or not I got my flu right. shot. Right. <laughs> yep. And we also then kind of expect, like, um, if I follow all the laws, right. I won't get sick. Uh, That's right. how these yep. things work, right? <laughs> yep. And it's one of those things I think we say – not really meaning to be judgmental, mm-hmm. but it certainly comes off that way. You know, yeah. when I had the flu, a lot of people said to me, well, did the did the boys get it? You know, I have two mm-hmm. kids under five. 
And I said, no. And then that's almost worse, you know, because then they think, oh, well, how did you get it? If, if, if the kids didn't bring it home, somehow She's you just rolling have, around in the know, filth in the yeah. backyard. When, like, what's going on? You just, you get all these questions all of a sudden of, of uh, you know, did you, did you do this? Did you do that? Yeah. And everybody's worried that, you know, I'm still coughing mm-hmm. a week and a half later and people still look at me like, oh, right. is she going to give it to me? Am I going to get sick here too? So people's questions get really invasive. But they do. boy, they don't want to get within 10 feet of you. Right. So physically, <laughs> they're not being invasive. Right. But right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and you know, if we can see some of these attitudes on display now in our own culture, oh, there's a cough. Um, certainly just thinking about what it was like in those times. Well, and just also thinking about the people and their attitudes. I mean, to have a little bit of compassion, there was less knowledge about what was contagious, what did cause this, you know, and I think people are also trying to be protective of themselves yeah. and, and of their their loved ones um, well, by, so then, by isolating those who have this. And that makes it all the bigger deal in verse 3 when Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man to say, I'm willing to be clean. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, this leper, he does approach Jesus and there is incredible boldness. He is crossing physical boundaries he shouldn't be crossing. If he ends up within arm's reach of Jesus, he's already somewhere he's not supposed to be. Um, but also his uh, statement to him is full of humility. Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. It's like, you know, acknowledging that um this power lies within you. It's not something I possess. I'm coming before you believing that you have the power to make me well. And Jesus definitely crosses a boundary by reaching out to touch him. This means, you know, in the eyes of those gathered there that Jesus was essentially defiling himself (laughs) in order to um, touch him. But it says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I don't know what kind of immediate effect was visible to those on the outside, but mm-hmm. yeah, we can imagine that immediately within this man, he knew that life was different. And now um, Jesus has this instruction, see that you say nothing to anyone. That gets mysterious for us. That Why? is not a great marketing plan. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not a great marketing plan. But, you know, some might suggest that with something like this, Jesus is kind of trying to control his popularity. Like he's trying, you know, so maybe there is some strategy here that Jesus doesn't want to be known for these miraculous works in of themselves. That kind of wants to control how the message is getting out about the type of power he has. Well, we kind of hear that about the the crowds that start to follow Jesus later yeah. on in the Gospels of uh, he can't even get a word in edgewise because everyone's just clamoring, clamoring for healing, for a miracle, for something here and now, but that he's doing something a little bit bigger than that. Right. And then he also instructs the leper to go back to the priest and then to offer the gift that Moses commanded, I assume a type of sacrifice, you know, right. that would be offered up for ritual cleansing. And so now, um, now that he's been physically healed, the leper now um, he needs to do the proper process in order to restore his place back in the community, which the priest could offer through his word. It's interesting that that immediately after. Jesus is here kind of working outside the way that the law is supposed to work. You know, the 
typically if this guy was sick, he was supposed to go straight to the priest, do the cleansing ritual. That should do it. Um, here Jesus is saying, uh, be clean. You're clean now. Mm-hmm. But then he points them back to the law Yeah. again, which is not necessarily typical for the other ways that mm-hmm. Christ interacts. Mm-hmm. But I think the same situation can kind of be said for us where right. he works outside the law for us and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But then we just kind of get thrown back into it anyway because yeah. we still live here. Right. <laughs> we, know, still we still live here. To. We still are mm-hmm. have these lives here with our neighbors and therefore the law does apply. Right. You know, um, so. we still have to figure out a way to get along with the people that we live with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck to this guy. Yeah, <laughs> we wish we knew the rest of the story, didn't we? Right. <laughs> well, uh, perhaps moving on to the second healing story <clears throat> that appears here, um, starting in verse 5, going through verse 13. Now we have um, a centurion who approaches Jesus, and this centurion um, would have been a military man in charge of a approximately 80 to 100 soldiers from my notes. And he also represents the authority of Rome. And here now we have a Gentile entering the mix. Um, and he is bringing, bef- or he is um, concerned about his servant, also likely a Gentile. And so now here Jesus is interacting with people who are not necessarily of his own kind. <laughs> well, I mean, not even that, but just a... Uh, uh uh, an occupying force right you know like yeah these, these were guys not <laughs> are not seen as the good guys in <laughs> jesus's culture mm-hmm. um they're this foreign force that is invaded and is occupying mm-hmm. the country and mm. uh what is the words that jesus has yeah. for the centurion but right uh nowhere else have i seen faith like this yeah yeah, that's that would have been remarkable, obviously, for those observing this and hearing about this to see not only Jesus reaching out with his healing power to to this household, I guess you could say. Yeah, but also um, remarking on their faith and saying that that is a commendable thing. I can't imagine that made him very popular with you know, a lot of the groups that were there that mm-hmm. thought uh, uh, when the Messiah comes, he's going to lead a, you know, political revolution. Yeah. And this country will be ours and will be great again. Now he's strengthening the the occupying force. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's not uh, what some of these folks were hoping for. Right. Definitely. So this centurion, this general of sorts, um, approaches him and says, you know, I have a servant at home, paralyzed. He's in terrible distress. Um, And he knows that he is not worthy to have Jesus come under his roof. And he says to this, him, only speak the word and my servant will be healed. It's interesting that he's kind of asking Jesus to perform this healing even from afar with a word. Um, it makes me think of the type of power, you know, a general has with a word, he sends men into action, you know. Um, so here he kind of recognizes that Jesus has the authority, even with a word to perform healing, that being in physical proximity to his servant isn't even necessary. That's an interesting thing. Jesus does a lot of touching in the Gospels, but there doesn't seem to be 
touching at work in this story. Is that an unusual thing just in general that that somebody of that position or stature would even ask for their servant to be I would think so healed I mean that seems unusual just by itself oh sure for somebody to be caring about their right yeah yeah you Mm. always think of that as being kind of an unusual Mm -hmm. thing I just yeah it's like well I'll just get another if this one has fallen (laughs) ill sure yeah you know makes you wonder what what more backstory there is that we don't know yeah why why is this person willing to do Mm -hmm. this for well and for a servant i think that's part of the reason why christ commends his faith because everybody else comes in the physical and the Mm. centurion seems to understand that god's word does what it says yeah um where that if he says it from you know miles Mm -hmm. away it's still Right. Uh, we have this idea of like actions speak louder than words right. in our culture. And so this runs very contrary to that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, think about the implications that has for us as people, you know, who have sacraments that, that Jesus is, or that, that God's power is truly present there in the water, as he said by his word, you know, and people look at it from the outset and they say, they're just reading some scriptures and splashing some water. How can that be? But the people of faith say, by his word, he's here. Same with the bread and the wine. Um, He is present in this meal because he says he is, you know. I've heard in other contexts, you know, like sitting in church does not make you a Christian any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. That is a popular one. Um, (laughs) But again, it kind of lends the idea of, Mm -hmm. well, what really makes you is the action. Yes. That's that's what we're all about then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's not how. But, yeah, what really makes you the Christian is His Word. Right. You know. I really I, I laugh at the section right after. So you know, Jesus just says this to the centurion, mm-hmm. and then he kind of goes off talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, things that the centurion has no idea about. Uh-huh. Like you know, the centurion's there's like, cool, you healed me. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about for the rest of the stuff. <laughs> uh, he has to have, has to be a little bit of confusion there if the centurion's right. still standing around. Right. I mean, but really what he's saying here is many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's him also saying that through my ministry, not only will the heirs of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob inherit the kingdom, but people will be brought into this faith from from far and wide um that i have come not just for the people of israel but for all people truly yeah Yeah. um and then there's that section right after that makes you a little nervous but the subjects (laughs) of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness will be weeping and gnashing. there's always gnashing of teeth yeah there's always gnashing of teeth Yes, and I think that speaks to those who are within the family of Israel who don't recognize him as Savior. I think right. that's what that phrase is meant to point at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That even people who are my own, so mm-hmm. to speak, will will find themselves on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I hesitate, but it almost starts to speak of kind of like Paul's talk of two kingdoms too, mm-hmm. where... You know, there is the kingdom of heaven, which uh, we as Christians are all ushered into, welcomed into, adopted into. Um, and then the kingdom here that we live in that we still kind of have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And eventually this kingdom will die, which is um, nothing that any 
good patriotic person wants to say, but you know, this around us uh, comes to an end eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, We're recognizing too that the part of us that is a part of this kingdom and is, you know, enslaved to it and trapped by it uh, also ends eventually. Mm -hmm. Well, should we move on to the (laughs) mother-in-law? Oh, everyone's favorite topic. In, insert your joke about mother-in-law, <laughs> mothers-in-law here, huh? Um, so uh, this one is a very short story by comparison. Um, when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand. The fever left her, and she got up and began to serve him. I, I think that's interesting. You know, <laughs> she was restored uh, to service. When I recover from illness, I like to get up and serve myself quite a bit. <laughs> but immediately she began to fulfill truly her godly purpose, her which, to, purpose, which was to serve right. to serve him. Well, and when you think about that for any time that we're praying for healing for those that are close to us or mm-hmm. loved ones or even just people in the community, what we're saying is, no, we, need, we still need them. Uh, that's we right. still have a role for them <laughs> right. to play. There's still work for them to do right. in our community. Uh, yeah. And it is, I mean, at times mm-hmm. it almost feels a little selfish you right. know, where you're saying, uh, no, I don't want my loved ones to go. I still want them here. Uh-huh. I still have need for them. Who would I talk to? Exactly. Who would I have? Yeah. yeah. I think that's okay to acknowledge yeah. that need. <laughs> well, and then now we get to the, you know, really what everything is building at in this section is now... Um, these healings essentially were to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Have you get, have you guys seen the Green Mile? Of course, a long time ago. Yeah, I think it's essentially the same. It's it's kind of almost referencing this mm-hmm. in in the main character who's taking the illnesses mm-hmm. from other people. But it's it's not just going off into space somewhere, but actually he's absorbing. He's it. absorbing. He's yeah. taking yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. into himself that. Um, and in this case, almost the physical evidence of our sin mm-hmm. is being born by Christ just as much as like the metaphysical like, yeah. idea of sin. Sure. Yep. Um, that we all kind of take, you know, you, you think in your, you, you look back and you're like, ah, oh, I have this bad back because I didn't take care of myself when I was younger. Or I have this, <laughs> I have bad lungs because I had a bad habit of smoking when I was younger or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the physical Mm-hmm. evidence of sin on us mm-hmm. and that's also what christ is taking so in the midst of all this there's kind of this big hanging question of whenever we talk about healing there are plenty of times where we pray for healing and it doesn't come so what does that mean for us what does that mean for our faith in god um i think the this is something that the struggles with but even if you think about the crowds that jesus was around not all of them got healed because um, that ultimately wasn't why Jesus was there. You know, I think the le- the, the leper that was healed today, mm-hmm. he could catch it again. Uh, or he'll get some other thing so down the line. He's not still alive, I'll tell right. you that. Right, exactly. Uh, and the same can be said for all of the individuals that Jesus heals in this story today. So mm-hmm. he's doing something bigger than just the healing, but actually taking on of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gets hard for us because uh, we... Uh, want that healing to be for long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Luther even talks about God as boiling alive his saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and that eventually everything that we hold dear, because we like to make idols out of everything, mm-hmm. 
everything eventually goes away. Um, because if there was anything left of this old world, we would cling to that to the last second. Yeah. God has to take it out of our hands. He has to eventually. Because we do idolize every good gift of this world. Right. And that, uh, you know, there's uh, the only time that you actually hear about, uh, you know, in praying for, for healing of somebody, there at a certain point in everyone's life, there becomes a point where that switches to praying for peace for that person, mm-hmm. for the suffering to finally end, for their job to be done here. Mm-hmm. Um, and for and us to come to terms with letting them go. Yeah. And to ultimately trust him that we believe that this person is now in your eternal care and that one day we will be joined in that eternal care as well. Right. Yeah. And may, may we hope for that above all else. And so when we talk about the, the, the two kingdoms, uh, we finally end our membership in the old kingdom mm. <laughs> one day where this, this does all end around us. Yeah. Uh, and that's hard for us to remember in the here and now. Yeah. Uh, cause we're just so entrenched in it all the time. All the time. There is a quote here from the commentary, um, my Lutheran study Bible, that I think might be a good way of wrapping this up for us. Um, and here the commentary says, Jesus' miracles are signs that anticipate the day when every disease and even death itself will be no more, referencing Revelations 21.4. Then as forgiven sinners, we will rejoice with all who have been cleansed. Let us pray. Precious Savior, heal me. Fill me with anticipation for that day when you will heal every illness. Amen. Thank you for joining us in our Lenten series, Witnesses, on the First Lutheran Podcast. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Jeff Backer and seminarian Mark Nason discuss the week's topic, The Humbled.